I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of this newsletter is going to be First Date Mistakes to Avoid. Well, I've got an email here from a viewer who obviously made a bunch of blunders on his first date, and obviously it has gotten in the way of him trying to set a second date. And we got to kind of, I had a coach years ago, he used to compare first dates. He said, a fir your first date with a girl is kind of like the Super Bowl. And, I mean, it's like you either win or you lose. You either win, and if you win, obviously you kiss. Maybe you hook up on the first date. But, in other words, you pass enough of her tests to the point where, at the end of the date, the next day, she's thinking to herself, hey, that was a really great guy. And she thinks, hey, I'd like to go out with that dude again. And so when you call, she's excited to hear from you. Now, if you fuck up, and you, in essence, talk her out of liking you, out of sleeping with you, Usually when you call or you text, she'll either ignore you or her responses will be lukewarm or she'll tell you that she's busy. Anything other than to basically tell you that you pretty much fucked it up and you blew your chances with her. Because women want to let you down easy because they probably encountered enough guys in the past, if they're like most attractive women, to where they realize that being honest with a guy sometimes is going to piss off the dude. So it's better to let the dude down gently and let him just kind of figure out the reason that she's being so difficult to get a hold of or she doesn't respond to all of your texts or ignores a lot of them is because she really doesn't want to see you again and she's hoping that eventually you figure that out and you just kind of go away which is what most guys do when they screw things up and so a lot of times what you know I know especially like what I used to do when I was younger is that I'd meet a girl and I really had chemistry with her we'd go out on a first date and I just had no idea that I was doing and saying things on the date that made me look weak, that look, made me look approval-seeking. And instead of just having a good time, I'm all focused on the seriousness of the relationship, whether or not it's going to turn into a relationship or we're going to get together or something's going to happen between us, as opposed to just hanging out, having fun, and hooking up when the opportunity presented itself. <clears throat> so we're going to go through a few things in his email. And I got a great quote. This is from Confucius. And he said, success depends upon previous preparation. And without such preparation, there is sure to be failure. And so the idea is, is when you come to my website, is like all these videos and the articles, the whole point of me offering these here is basically I'm helping guys implement what I teach in my book. And so by critiquing what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong in the interaction, everybody that's watching the video or reading the article can pick up on where this guy's going right and wrong because that way if I attack a problem from like a thousand different angles when you watch enough of these different scenarios you pick up and what's good about that is that you don't have to date a hundred different women to pick up on these things you can watch enough videos from enough different guys who are making mistakes on their dates so when you're faced with a similar situation when you're on a date of your own you can remember a dozen or so different scenarios where guys were in similar situations, the things they did right, the things that they did wrong, and it's almost as if that, that experience becomes your own, as if you lived it when just taking like a 50,000 foot view where you understand what I teach in my book, but when you're able, when you're following me going along explaining what a guy's doing right and wrong, you can kind of pick up on that and avoid those same mistakes yourself. That's the benefit of sharing all this stuff is that there's, I mean, you're dealing with people in every society, 
and every continent on the earth applying the same things that obviously if you're watching this video that you're in the process of applying. It makes it really easy. Like I say in the article I did a while back, the, the, mo the best way to improve your success quickly in any area of your life is to model the success of others. And by learning obviously from other people who are experiencing the same things that you're experiencing, the same fears, the same doubts, the same limiting beliefs, you're able to adapt and learn that much quicker so your growth curve instead of being long like this gets condensed to a really short period of time. And so he says, cutting to the chase, the atypicality of my situation comes from a girl I'm interested in. She appears to be depressed and she takes anti-anxiety medication. Her social habits are not very congruent with mine, i.e. she smokes weed, she parties a lot, and doesn't seem to laugh much. Well, that tells me that she's obviously not a very happy woman. One of the things that I look for in a woman that I'm going to either ask out on a date is I want to see the girl look in my eyes and smile and not break eye contact right away because that communicates that A, she's happy, and B, she's interested in me, and C, it also communicates that she has confidence because a lot of times I'll see a really pretty girl and I'll look into her eyes and she right away looks away, she looks down, just in a submissive, like, I'm not worthy. There's a difference between confidence and there's a difference between women that just have a low self-esteem or self-esteem that's just simply not on your level. And so those are things that, before you even open your mouth, right away you're pre-screening, you're pre-qualifying the women that you're, you're talking to. He says, whereas I regularly exercise and I take care of my mind and body, he says, the reason I'm interested in her, obviously, is because I find her attractive. Obviously, us guys tend to be visual creatures, and we share a lot of outlooks in life. She's a, nerd, a science nerd, and we have similar ambitions. She also is a fairly nice person. Well, the thing that is that, obviously, you really like this girl, and you're physically attracted to her. And one thing I want to point out is that, obviously, you're, the fact that you're really physically attracted to this girl caused you to ignore the fact that she's obviously got some emotional problems, she's got some anxiety problems, and so she's obviously got some issues there. And plus you said that she doesn't seem like, she doesn't laugh much. And obviously if, if somebody doesn't find a way to laugh in life, obviously they're not very happy. And you gotta, you can't ignore that. And a lot of guys will ignore, ignore the fact that she's not a very happy person and think, hey, I'll make her happy. Whereas what you really should be looking for is a woman who is already happy. She already has a great life and she's already smiling because she's happy as opposed to a woman who never smiles. Because I see that a lot too, I'll, whether I'm at the mall or the grocery store, wherever I happen to be, you see that a lot in people's faces. You see the fact that they don't smile very much and they're not very happy. They're kind of looking at the ground a lot or when they're walking, they, they kind of waddle and they, they look at the ground and not really paying attention to where they're going. It tells you a lot about the other person's self-esteem. But that's why I say is that, and just like the quote that I read, preparation, if you want to be successful, you got to prepare. And that's why you got to read my book and get to know this stuff well. So when you get into these situations, you do more things right than wrong, so you get a second date. He says, we met at the library where I offered to help her with her homework. We talked for about 30 minutes before we even started homework, and then I helped her for about another two hours. So in essence, you're basically, you. it's like the kind of a nice guy approach. Instead of being direct and getting to the point of communicating, wow, you're really beautiful, or you're intoxicating, look at I mean, whatever you genuinely feel, 
you communicate that. And obviously, like I talk about in my book, if that just scares the shit out of you, use the low-risk techniques that I talk about in my book where you can gauge a woman's interest level before you start risking asking her out or communicating that you find her really attractive, whatever it happens to be. I'm blunt and I get right to the point. If I think a chick's got a great body, I'm going to tell her on the spot. If I think she's intoxicating to look at, I'm going to tell her that. If I think she's got great eyes, I'm going to tell her that. If I think she has an unbelievable ass, I'm going to tell her that. It's like whatever I feel, it's an authentic compliment and expression of my heart. And so right here in the get-go, you're meeting this girl and you're going wrong because now you're trying to do something for her. That's approval-seeking behavior and that's the kind of situation where you start putting a woman on a pedestal. And because you're not, in essence, you're not confident enough to come right out and get right to the point. So instead, you feel like you got to do something for her. That's, that's a pleaser behavior. It's not a good way to go. And so these are the kind of things that instead of expressing confidence, you're expressing weakness right from the get-go before you've even asked her out on a date. And so he says, she asked for my number and my full name so she could add me on Facebook, which she never did. Again, you should pay attention to that. He says, I waited four days and sent her a comical text opener and proceeded to set up the date. I suggested getting ice cream and she said that that was an awesome idea. We had one rearrangement and ended up going out on Valentine's Day. Well, when you go out on a first date on Valentine's Day, it communicates to the girl you got nothing else going on in your personal life. Obviously, she doesn't obviously have much going on either, but the point being is that there was a rearrangement. I don't know if that was she changed the date or you changed the date. But those see, women do things like that to see how much they can get you to change the plans as a way to see how much you're willing to go along with her jerking you around in essence because she wants to see what you're made of she doesn't want a guy that's pliable she wants a dude that's a challenge to her that's not going to let her just jerk her around and see when you start off the bat offering to help her with her homework and this stuff instead of just asking her out on the spot that communicates weakness and so that's why she'll want to change the date and, and see because if she gets the impression that you're weak and you're a pushover you're not acting like a man, and therefore she's going to test you more and make it harder to go out on a date with her. So he says, the conversation was good, lots of eye contact, dynamic, and when I made a stance on something, even though I knew it was against her view, like smoking weed, she would soften her belief or her view in the matter. Well, that's a good sign. It shows submissiveness. He says, I felt like she was sort of intimidated by me, and I'm a 200-pound powerlifter, and she's a 90-pound dancer. But I kept the atmosphere very light. She never got close to me, and we did not make any physical contact. So that's important to notice. But also, the other thing you got to consider here is that you know she's she's got emotional problems, and the thing you got to understand is like what I teach about my book is I want you to have a normal, healthy woman who's got all her shit together, not a chick that's working through her issues or going through therapy or all of these things, because you want a girl that's got her shit together. You don't want to wait for a girl to figure it out. It's like, hey, go figure that stuff out and give me a call when when you get better. Because you want to go out with somebody that's happy. If you go out with a chick that's depressed all the time and she has – she's you know, because someone that's constantly smoking weed and not pursuing their dreams and just kind of checking out, they're avoiding life. There's two different types of people. There's like functioning – like alcoholics. you got functioning alcoholics and those that use a drug as an escape. In this particular case, it sounds like this girl is just kind of using it to avoid life, which is a bad way to go. He says, I decided it was time to go and I walked her back home, but she insisted on staying out longer and wanted to stop by this restaurant. 
He says, we did, and she invited me into her apartment. This is where it didn't go so well. She went to introduce me to her roommate, and she forgot my name. That's not a good sign. I toyed. Well, hey, she does smoke a lot of weed, so maybe it's like those brain cells are gone. I'm trying to help you out, dude. He says, I toyed with her a bit and told her. I felt awkward, so I told her I need to head out and meet up with my friends. It's good because when you when you don't feel a good vibe and you go to take off, it's better than to just stick around and have an, and continue that awkward vibe. Plus, her roommate is there, so you're obviously probably not going to be hooking up if you're all hanging out together, unless you, you know, you start, see, if you'd have been making out outside, then she invites you in. That's usually how it works. But obviously, she invited you in because you're like Mr. Nice Guy friend approach. He says, she escorted me to the door, but I couldn't get her to actually come out. Again, resistance. Why? She probably doesn't want to come out because she knows you want to kiss her. And so it sounds like she's using her roommate as kind of like a, uh, a blocker. But then again, she did invite you in. He says, a roommate's standing right there, and I messed up, and I gave her the most awkward one-arm hug and said, see you later. He says, I texted her the next day telling her she seemed like a really genuine person. He says in parentheses, yeah, dumb move. And invited her to my friend's birthday party for the following day. He says, probably even a dumber move. Yeah, because now you're going out on a group date when you really, you've only been on one date with this girl. You've got to get to know somebody first and be intimate with them and have something kindle with them before you start introducing them to your friends and family. It's always best until the, the girl's head over heels in love with you that you just go out on dates with just the two of you. Because otherwise, the friends get in the way. You know, Just like you got cock-blocked by her roommate, you know, your friends will end up cock-blocking you with her. The, the whole process of seduction is you want to get the woman alone to the point where it's just the two of you and you ultimately end up inside of her. She proceeded to give me the runaround and told me she'd let me know the next day, and I said there was no obligation, and she ended up not coming. So he says, I text the next day. She texted me the next day, act, asking for supplemental advice. And see, that's part of the problem is that she's trying to stick you in friend zone, and you're kind of like going along with it. But like I said, where you went wrong, obviously, is you didn't you didn't make the move. But the other thing is, there wasn't a lot of physical contact. And so, what where you start to go wrong is you start out with friendship vibe first, and then you started trying to make a date. So I would encourage you to read my book and apply what I teach there next time you go out on a date because when you start with a friendship vibe, it's just a bad way to go. And I will talk to you soon.